This is Digging in the Dirt with Kevin Gallagher, where Kevin and his guests dig a little deeper into today's issues surrounding the environment, climate change, farming, gardening, and food. And a good evening to you. My next guests on Digging in the Dirt are Ellie Engram, the Executive Director of Green Village Initiative, uh, leading her organization towards creating social, economic, and environmental change through a unified network of urban farms, community gardens, and school gardens in Bridgeport, Connecticut, while at the same time trying to cultivate young leaders of social justice and nurturing the farming and gardening movement across the city for maximum impact and creating a robust food culture that hopefully will lead to some long-term change. She is here with Richard Myers. He's the assistant farm manager at GVI, and he's the co-owner and farmer with Sean Joseph at Park City Harvest right here in Bridgeport, Connecticut. They are two West Indian American horticulturists focused on organic market farming, and they have a really cool tagline, changing the image of farming. Welcome. Thanks so much for having us. Thank you. Thank you very much for the intro as well. That was a great one. Oh, you're, you're more than welcome. Just stating the facts, right? Yes, yes, the facts. <laughs> so let's start with you, Ellie. Tell me what's uh, going on right now. What's the top thing going on now that the season's over, right? I know. That's always the question. What do, what do you farmers all do in the winter? Um, and the answer is... A lot. <laughs> so we're gearing up and getting ready for our annual tree lighting, which is going to be on December 7th from 3.30 to 5. Rain date is the 8th. Um, and so that is an annual event that we have at Reservoir Community Farm. All neighbors and community members are invited to join us for a really beautiful evening um, where we just celebrate the season together. And uh, there'll be kids activities as well as a fire pit and some general, you know, good times and, and like community fun. building. Yeah. And in addition to that, we're have a winter workshop series that'll be um, rolling out in January. So we're going to have a variety of different topics for our virtual workshop series as well. So it's virtual, mm-hmm. so yeah. like Zoom? Yep. We're going to be holding them on Zoom so you can stay at home. You don't have to you know, leave the comfort of your couch, but you can join us for a variety of topics from um, talking from our Ask a Farmer series where you can meet Sean and Richard and hear a little bit more about um, and have them answer questions about farming as well as food justice visioning and listening sessions um, and uh, talking to some local artisans and creators in Bridgeport. Um, We'll be holding space for them to also do workshops as well. Cool. You're going to talk things like seeds and how to prepare the soil and all that stuff? Always. Bring your questions. That plus more. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. That's great. So let's talk to you there about your business. Uh, Yeah, Park City Harvest. um, We've been established since 2017. Um, We started off from just like community gardens. Um, Now we're on um, 1.3 acres and we're working that land. Um, And we're just doing good with it right now. We just recently got the business supplier of the year. Um, 2021 Business Supplier of the Year from um, Bridgeport. Really? Chambers of Commerce. And that's, that's nice. big. That's real, real big. Um, yeah, I've just been really, really, really um, going hard and trying, trying to um, inform as much people as I can about food justice and such while going in and helping our other jobs that we have out here in local Bridgeport. And those two end up lining up. And I'm happy someone has noticed and gave us um, that, that award. 
Yeah, shout out to Deb Cavanis of uh, Bridgeport OIC and the Black Chamber of Commerce for recognizing what Park City Harvest does. We're did, really proud. Did they give you some financial support with that? That's I do not know of yet. <laughs> but <laughs> you if like you want to, you can go to parkcityharvest.com and support whatever products that you see on there. And you can't leave a tip. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Just saying. Yeah, so um, you have a CSA with the farm? Yes, I do have a CSA with Park City Harvest. Um, usually it's only about four to five people in there. It's a half one and a full one. You can find a CSA program on parkcityharvest.com as well, right on the top tab. Yeah, you, so you're looking for some more people to purchase part of the you know, uh, yeah, share for in next the CSA? Season, for next season, yes, definitely. I have two people already guaranteed that they want to be in there, so I only have about two to three more slots. So oh, it's okay. very interesting. And so what do you grow? I mean, what's what's in demand? Um, Exactly. <laughs> you literally just said it. Whatever's in demand. Whatever's in no, demand. No, but you must have some favorites. Yeah, it's the main thing that I usually grow, because um, I don't know if you know anything about my story, but um, just like two years ago, or not, last year, um, whatever we grew was getting eaten up by a bunch of groundhogs and deers. Mm-hmm. Oh. Groundhogs and deers. I mean, like, about, I have to say around $500 worth of crop. Oh, no. Oh, no, that's um, not good. And so now we're focused on a lot of herbs. So now I have a whole bunch of mint, I have a whole bunch of rosemary, I have a whole bunch of um, sage, I have a whole bunch of things of that nature because we're making a lot of crop, like we're making a lot of produce and the products with it. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, I grow a bunch of carrots, a bunch of cabbage and peppers, and that makes an item that we call peakleys, which is a spicy pickled yeah. cabbage. So, and the top seller that we have is the olive oil. The main thing that we infuse the olive oil is the rosemary and sage, and I'll let some people know that we put thyme in there as well. Okay. So... Things of that nature, we're focused on growing the crop that we can for the items that we are selling, but we still have crops that we grow at other locations as well for these CSAs. And we also teamed up with a whole bunch of other organic farmers. So as the season goes, we know we don't have certain crops. So we reach out to them, we swap a couple things, and things are fulfilled that way. You must know Khadijah Muhammad, right? You must oh, swap Khadijah, with her. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Khadijah, she, she's... She's great. Let me say it like that. Yeah, I agree she, with you. She's um, when she doesn't want to let go of something, she will not let it go. <laughs> I'll tell you that now. Give her the money up front now. <laughs> that's that's yeah. good. Blissful yeah. Awakenings and Park City Harvest, both farms are just like absolute models for what urban farming yeah. can look like. Like growing on multiple locations, creating added value products, really listening to your community and and cultural products too. Like yeah. I just. Yeah, it's amazing to watch them just grow their businesses and grow their customer base. And, like, it's really cool to do it all together as a community. So you came out of GVI or has, or you just were helped by GVI or not at all? Well, so I tell me school, a little bit. I went to school for horticulture. Right. That's why I met my business partner. Okay. Um, we both went to school for horticulture. We're the, two only, we're the only two African-Americans in the program. Sean Joseph. Sean Joseph. <laughs> Um, we ended up teaming up, um, find out we're both living in Bridgeport. So we started up Bridgeport business on the education that we just got. Um, after that, we ended up teaming up with GVI, actually. Um, I I can't remember how I figured out knowing Elliot. I just know I was uh, interested, so I ended up being a volunteer there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then as I had my business as well, she's seen how interested we were. So they came and approached me for the assistant manager program. Nice. And so and then we've just been elevating as an um, a entity since then. Great. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about Ellie. You know, I mean, tell me something we don't know. About. Ellie <laughs> is super strong. This is the Ellie fact that no one knows. She now she knows how to lift her whole body 
And this lady is strong. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, she'll give you a little tap, and you're like, oh, my gosh. She just punched my whole arm off. Right. Other than that, um, she's dedicated. She's truly dedicated to whatever she sets her mind on. You should see her checklist. Her checklist will give you cringes. You know, I'm not that <laughs> you gotta type of guy. You got to have lists. You got to have lists. Yeah, my type of list is outside in the field. <laughs> Hers is back on that computer, making sure the, um, the whole organization gets the funding that we need to keep the keep the um, organization going. And I respect her. I've seen her as a farmer, growing all the organic stuff, doing all the practices that um, we shared the different stuff, some stuff I didn't know. Actually, and she popped it on me. Even though I had a horticulture degree, certain things, I would say, huh, huh, I could do it that way. You know, and okay. to the point that she is now as an executive director, it's, it's very amazing seeing her growth. Because you met her first when she was farm manager. Yeah, yeah. She was um she was a manager. She was my manager. And then um, That's when I, met her I pushed her in the water because she did, <laughs> you know, I was like, hey, it's that time. <laughs> you know? It's true. It's yeah. true. I uh, could not be sitting here without you, Rich, because yeah. Rich was the one. I went to Rich and I said, do you think I can do it? I was like, I know you can do it. <laughs> I know you can do it. And she's doing it. I'm out here doing this. I know you can do it. So all the support you got. What's, what's so important about GVI and Green Village Initiative? What do you think is the most important thing it does for the community? It's hard to say the most because there's like a bunch of programs. We have a youth program, so there's a bunch of youth that can come and um, learn about growing and they could teach other people about that. Then we have school programs where we have teamed up with Food Corps. And we have them inside the school teaching all the youth, or like the even the younger children, on the, um, the sustainable foods and nutrition and things of that nature. And then we have community gardens all around Bridgeport, so you can literally go on gvi.org, go gvi.org, mm-hmm. and um, gogvi.org. Yep, and um, you can get a sign up for a plot in your local community so you can grow things. Because um, like if you from where I'm from. I grew up on the east end of Bridgeport, third floor apartment. You don't have spacing to grow anything, but my grandmother, she taught me how to grow inside of crates. Grandmas so we were on the third floor oh, with yeah. crates, um, having fresh tomatoes, fresh le- lettuce and things of, things of that nature. But a lot of people don't have that education. So if they can have a little plot to at least um, grow those things and bring it home, instead of trying to walk multiple miles or trying to get money to go on the bus to get stuff that's just not really that good in the first place. Right. You know, yeah. not a lot of, like, vegetable stores no, in your area, no. right? It's a whole bunch of things that you could get out of cans. Um, a lot of processed items rather than fresh produce. So, right. We'll call um, it a food desert, but we call yeah. it a, a food apartheid because yeah. it's like, there's actually, it's not a desert. It's not like there's nothing, like, and it's not natural. It's it's a man-made situation here, so it's it's an apartheid. There's, right. there's not real food. And that's what you're trying to do is break that mold. Yeah, there, I mean, when we think about food security, there is, like, um, the ways that we normally think about it, food pantries, soup kitchens, those are amazing and they're necessary, absolutely. But when we think about the future and really visioning for the future, we see food security also as being precisely what Richard is demonstrating through just his being, his essence, his spirit, which is taking the very nature that is around us and helping to cultivate it to support our community through growing food, growing businesses and growing a small economy that can support each other. How beautiful would it be if Bridgeport could feed Bridgeport? Yes, I think definitely. That's the that um, would be, yeah, that would be nice, right? Financial freedom and farming is the way to go. I'm telling you, um, that's that's my main thing that I focus on. I wake up and I look at that financial freedom, mm-hmm. farming, but fun as well. Those three <laughs> things, 
And you know, not many anybody can't take that knowledge from you. You mean you, if you have if you know how to make the soil better, right? And yes. you know how to grow stuff in yes, it. Yes, we need to make can, the soil who can take that away from you, right? You exactly. own, you own that, you know. Mm-hmm. And then when you you get to find a product, you can eat it, right? And survive. Yes, exactly. And I'll be good throughout the whole winter time. That's you know? awesome. Yeah, yeah. Is that connecting with the community, do you think? That is are the people demanding this or do they want it? You know, are they realizing that, oh man, I want collards and I want greens yes, and I when want their eyes carrot. are open to it. When their eyes get open to it, like, oh, I can actually cook this, for instance, uh, some of the community gardens, especially at Reservoir Community Farm, we have we team up with Chef Raquel. Mm-hmm. Chef Raquel, she come and stir up a meal within two minutes and everybody's <laughs> eyes open. Oh, I can actually cook pak choy with tomatoes and onions, and stir good. that up, <laughs> and it's be real good for me, and it tastes good. Come on, I want all of it, and I'll be here every week <laughs> cooking that exact meal until I see her again. Oh, that's great. That's you great. Know? So, yes. Hey, what about you, Ellie? Would you think you think it's resonating, or you think you're making headway here? Absolutely. I mean, when you look out at our city, um, there's like something like six over 60 languages spoken in our Bridgeport Public Schools. So when you think about folks from around the world coming to our city with their different food ways, their ancestral relationships to food and earth. Like it makes sense to be able to cultivate foods from around the world here and be able to sell that, grow that, make it possible for other people to do that as well. So um, we constantly are hearing from folks like that in our 12 community gardens, they're growing foods from around the world, from bitter melon to um, different varieties of cucumber from Thailand um, to gondules. Like there's there's so much vitality and beauty and, and people are hungry not only for, for food, but for land in mm-hmm. order to grow food. Well, speaking of land, you're up in the north end of Bridgeport. How much do you have up there? Uh, it's 1.7 acres the whole lot, though we don't use that entire space for growing because we have um, ADA uh, accessible uh, pathways so that a chair can get through. Okay. And what about um, how many people are involved? How many people have plots? Oh, boy. Um, so this is our largest community garden in the city, and we just expanded this year, actually. So there's about 45 um, individual owners of community garden plots. Um, and I'd say like, I don't know, Rich, what do you think? Like 95% live in the direct neighborhood? Yes, definitely. Um, they make sure of that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have to be within that area. And it's like, it's a nice little community, man. You come in on a regular day mm. and you have people out there drinking like lemongrass tea. And Don't be coming from Milford, in other words. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. It's discouragement. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just a little discouragement. Come to the market. Yeah, so and you, can you expand it more and more people could get plots next year? Or? Yeah, absolutely. We're always... Um, and we have a wait list each year, but usually some people will start and then get busy or, or have something, you know, happen in their lives and they're not able to. So reaching out is important so we can get you on the list. I get it. And so I know there's issues about your lease and everything. Can you explain what's going on with the uh, the, the property up there? Or maybe a little history of it. Sure. Yeah. So, well, I do want to say first and foremost that uh, while GVI stewards that land, it's Pawgusset land first and foremost. Our first stewards of, of Bridgeport is the Golden Hill Pawgusset tribe. We've been really lucky to work with them during this process. Um, but GVI has been cultivating um, the land for the past decade. Um, we are at the end of our second five-year lease um, coming up in March, and we've had an instance where it wasn't necessarily the library, but um, some some folks um, at the elected level who really wanted um, a library to be on this site, um, and and I, for a good reason. There is not a walk a library within walkable, um, you know, within a walkable area um, in that neighborhood in Reservoir 
neighborhood. So over the past year, we've done surveys going door to door. We've done art projects, petitions, and really gotten the word out and also asked our community for their feedback on whether they would like a library or a farm. And when it comes down to it, um, we are looking to renew our lease in March with uh, with the library as um an amendment within the lease in case they do want to construct. Um, and we're doing that in a way that we want to be grounded in community, to be really thoughtful. So it's not going to be just a building that comes out of thin air, but one that's really designed by and for the community, if that should come to pass. Um, but the first step, the first, well, <laughs> the first rock in this particular path, <laughs> pathway, cobblestone pathway, um, to get to some more land security is we need a lease and we need it to get passed through city council. So right now I'm waiting for the city to um, get a lease our way that um, we could work with. And then we really would need folks from the community to come out and support us in January um, when the city council is voting upon that lease. So that's probably going to be the third Monday in January. Um, but in the meantime, if you sign up for our newsletter at gogvi.org, that's gogvi.org, <laughs> you can sign up for our newsletter and we'll keep you up to date. And if you like hearing my voice right now, you can hear me on Zoom talking about um, next steps, important dates, things that we can do to support this space that's more than just a food growing space, but a really therapeutic and community gathering and educational space. So what do you think is something right away that some people can do? Is there any letter writing people can do or do you need oh. financial support or you just want them to come out to the meeting? Tell us <laughs> what would your be your dream? <laughs> oh man, well, first and foremost, I want them to take care of themselves and know that we're going to do everything we can to um, to stay to stay grounded, but they need to root themselves and be healthy and well this holiday season. It's been a hard one during the pandemic. But if they could sign up for that newsletter so that they're aware of updates, if they want to contribute to our annual appeal for Giving Tuesday tomorrow, that would be beautiful um, if, if that's what within their ability. Um, but we will be potentially asking folks to reach out to their city council members and ask for their opinion on the farm and ask if um, they need more information about the value of the farm. Um, it's so talking to your city council members is so important about any issue in the city. Um, but when it comes to things like this that really go to a full city council members, uh, city council vote, that's a really great time to reach out to that person. And you can find that information on the city website. Mm -hmm. So there's, is there a danger the farm could go by the by or? Sure, always, yeah. If, if you don't have a lease, you get evicted. I mean, I do yeah. for my apartment. Yeah. <laughs> So, so is there so, also a possibility it could be shared with the library? Yeah, 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 exactly. So so this lease will make it possible for that potential future. And we're excited about that. We are excited for a potential where the library would build something that was really informed by the community um, because we've come a really long way in, in building a relationship with them. But really right now what we need is um, political investment to really make that you know, that vision even possible. So we're very much okay with sharing the land through this lease, but first we need a lease. Okay, that's okay. We're talking to Ellie Angram. She's the executive director of Green Village Initiative. And also with us today is Richard Myers. He's the assistant farm manager at GVI and co-owner of Park City Harvest with Sean Joseph. We're just about near the end here. Any one last thing you want to say about uh, what you're up to? Um, hopes and dreams or hopes and dreams <laughs> what we're up to i would say everyone visit www.parkcityharvest.com um keep in tune at instagram park.city.harvest.llc um we have a whole bunch of new items coming out just bought a, bought a, bought a whole bunch of barcodes um there's mm -hmm. a lot of stuff going on in the back rooms um we're going to have a lot of bunch of uh, more stuff in these stores 
trying to get connected to a whole bunch of stores, get our products in these local stores out here. Sounds so great. That's and the next move for us at Park City. Come Arms. back and tell us what you've been up to, okay? Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll see if How about you, left. Ellie? What's your hopes and dreams we'll here? See if there's any anything left in your store after I'm done. I'm going to be shopping for Christmas, but. Um, hey. <laughs> But yeah, I would love for folks to come out to our tree lighting. Um, when, to, when and where is that, that again? That is again on December 7th. It's a Tuesday. Uh, it's going to be 3.30 to 5 with a rain date on the 8th. Um, so come out um, and and just be with us. Be be in space with us. We're so grateful to everyone who came out for Harvest Fest. 350 people strong. It was amazing. Okay. Um, and if you have a chance, sign up for our newsletter. Go GVI.org or follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And we look forward to hearing from you all soon. Awesome. Thanks uh, for coming in, guys. Yeah, one more thing. We're always looking for volunteers at GVI, uh -huh. so hit us up at volunteer at GVI.org, as well as we're going to be having some stuff in the spring, like uh, ceiling sales, spring kickoff, art fair, so please stay in tune. It's a happening place. <laughs> okay. sure. Thanks for coming in. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much for having us. You're, you're welcome. Have a good one. Digging in the dirt. Digging in the dirt. You've been listening to Digging in the Dirt with Kevin Gallagher. To hear past programs anytime you want, visit the podcast section of WPKN.org or diggingindthedirtradio.com. <laughs>